2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 9, where the Bible says, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but watch your Bible, but the Word of God is not bound. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Here Paul is talking to young Timothy about where the gospel has landed him, where his preaching ministry has landed him as a person. He said, I suffer trouble. Many men gave Paul the apostle a lot of trouble, a lot of opposition, a lot of persecution for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said he was treated as an evildoer. He didn't say he was an evildoer, but he was treated as one. Amen. And so he was paying the price of a criminal for doing nothing more and nothing less than declaring the eternal truths of God's word. Today, many around the world suffer that same fate. You don't have to look far and you will find in third world countries and countries uh, with communist regimes that there are still martyrs even today that give their very life for doing nothing but following the Lord Jesus Christ in his teachings. This world has gone crazy. This world has gone mad. But Jesus warned us of this day and told us that even, uh, even then he said they hated me and they're going to hate you too. Amen. Uh, Jesus said that the men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Jesus said the reason they hate me is because I speak truth and truth sheds light on darkness. And men would rather hide in their darkness than be exposed and be converted and repent of their sins. And so Jesus died the death of a criminal on the cross even though he knew no sin. And Paul here finds himself in prison, locked up behind bars because he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But today I want to preach to you on the subject, jailbreak ministry. Jailbreak ministry. I want you to notice here that even though Paul in his person was found behind bars, locked up in prison, he makes this conclusion, but the Word of God is not bound. I want to think today, now here in America, we are still blessed with religious freedoms, though they are slowly slipping away from us. Uh, but as of right now, uh, we can preach the gospel, and I don't have to fear our government coming in and locking me up and shutting our church down because God has blessed us with religious freedom. But I want to tell you what kind of prison America is in today. We may not be in a physical prison, but many Christians today find themselves in a mental prison. That is, Satan 
has set up strongholds in the minds of men, women, boys, and girls who profess the name of Christ, but who literally fear to speak up for Jesus in public. And they are in, by their very uh, own attitude and by their very own actions or lack of, they find themselves in a mental prison. Many find themselves in an emotional prison. They allow their emotions to lead them rather than allowing the Word of God to lead them. Many are in a relational prison. That is, someone may be in a uh, situation where you are being abused uh, and you are being harmed and you feel trapped uh, and you find no way out and you are in a relationship prison. Some people have other circumstances that they feel like have imprisoned them to circumstances beyond their control to change. Many today are in a spiritual prison. Many have not yet received Christ as their Savior and therefore are spiritually in prison to their sin and to their shame. And if they don't repent, they will be in a spiritual prison and a quite a literal prison called the lake of fire one day if they don't turn to Christ as Savior. Somebody say amen right there. And then I thought about traditional prisons. Many churches today, oh, they try to bind the Word of God. They try to hold back the Word of God with their traditions. Many churches today, uh, though they would not readily admit it, Brother Randall, they implement traditions not for tradition's sake, but for control's sake. Amen. They like to use the leverage of man-made traditions uh, to try to quieten, to try to dampen the voice of truth in their congregation. And Lord, help us if some preacher cuts loose uh, and preaches a truth that sheds light on their wicked hearts uh, and calls them to repentance but God help us today to have a jailbreak ministry God help us today to preach a truth that reaches beyond the prison walls that men may try to build up around us to cause us to be quiet amen and I got news for you this morning so help me God if the Holy Ghost will keep helping me I have no intentions of shutting up or bowing down because men don't like this kind of preaching if anything God needs to free the preachers today in our pulpits of all these prisons that have got them bound down, all these prisons that have shaped and molded them into the likeness of some man-made religious image, amen, and it's time that we get into jailbreak ministry, amen, it's time that we begin to declare the Word of God in such a way that it don't matter what kind of prison you put us in, that the Word of God is still going to go for somebody say amen right there. I'm telling you about jailbreak ministry this morning. I'm not interested uh, in the bondage of men. Amen. Uh, now, the good news about jailbreak ministry is no matter the external surroundings, uh, the internal struggles, uh, or the personal sacrifices we may face for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, the Word of God is not nor ever shall be bound by men or even fallen angels feebles attempts to shut it up amen I, I'm telling you if you'll study church history you'll discover and you'll find out that the more they persecuted it the more the church grew amen I, the more they tried to shut it down the more the good Holy Ghost of God would amplify the preaching and the teaching of the word and they may 
put Paul in prison, but they can't put his writings in prison. Uh, and they took his writings from the jail. Uh, and we have a, a, about, a, I guess, about over half the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul, much portions of which were written while he was in prison. And today I'm preaching unto you a gospel largely because there was a man uh, who realized they might put my body in prison, but they'll never put my spirit in prison. Uh, they'll never put my passion in prison. Uh, they'll never put my call in prison. Amen. Uh, and I will preach the gospel if I pre had to preach my very last breath from right down here in the dungeon. Uh, but the gospel will be preached. Amen. Uh, oh, we need a jailbreak ministry today. We need the kind of preaching that says, forget what men have said. In fact, we have subscribed to men's ideas long enough, and the church has suffered enough because men's, quote, unquote, bright ideas. Oh, we've listened to the professionals. We've listened to those that are polished and well-educated. And we've implemented their programs and their ideas. And it has yielded nothing but death. It has yielded nothing but traditions of men. Amen. We don't, we don't even baptize as many today in our Southern Baptist churches as we did years ago. If anything, the church should be on the move. If anything, the church should be growing. But what has happened to the church? Here's what's happened to the church. We have sought rather than a jailbreak ministry, we have sought a preacher break ministry. We have sought to, pre uh, to break the preacher down. We have sought to shut the preacher up. We have sought uh, we have had itching ears uh, uh, looking for pastors and preachers that tell us what we want to hear instead of what we need to hear. But I pray that God sends a revival of preaching that gets up and declares and breaks out of the prisons that men have put them around and is willing to pay whatever price it takes uh, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would go forth today jailbreak ministry the first thing you need to know about this jailbreak ministry is number one the word of God enables enduring grace you say preacher we get to preaching like that too much uh, and and we might get persecuted I'm counting on it uh, amen <laughs> I'm counting on it. That's right. You get to uh, preach if you get too loud and, and rambunctious, you might embarrass us. We, uh, I like a more polished preacher. Uh, well, uh, you got the wrong guy. Can I get an amen? Uh, I'm telling you, we need a red hot, Holy Ghost filled, sin declaring, uh, Savior worshiping preaching. Amen. Uh, we need the kind of preaching that'll usher in a revival, uh, that'll shake communities, uh, and amen, break down strongholds uh, that will shut the liquor house down. Amen. Uh, we need the kind of revivals that will come back into town and shut the casinos down uh, because people are fearing God more than they're fearing man. Uh, oh God send us the kind of revival where the word of God enables us to endure whatever persecution comes our way. In our text 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 through 3 he said thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the thing Things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And listen what he says next. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Notice what he's saying. I, I can't help but say this, but many advisors would advise the, the modern pastor to take the path of least 
resistance. They would advise us uh, to avoid hardship. But look what consolation Paul gives the young preacher. Amen. He doesn't say to look for the path of least resistance. He doesn't say it'll be okay if you dodge the issue. He didn't say it'll be okay if you try to skirt around and avoid persecution. He said, boy, what you're going to have to do is get some endurance in you. Amen. Because the gospel's not going to change just because it's going to get hard for you. And may God help the church today to break out of these mental prisons that have kept us from speaking up for Jesus. We're afraid to be talked about. We're afraid to be persecuted. Oh, but God give us a prison break ministry where the word of God breaks out on this generation again. Amen. The same word we are commissioned to preach is the same word that enables us to preach it. Amen. God will not put on you something that he and you can't handle together. Can I get an amen? Oh, if he called you to it, he'll see you through it. So speak up for Jesus. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. And that's where the churches are at today. We have no power because we're embarrassed to name the name of Christ. But the moment we forget what men say and get some boldness about us, there'll be power again. There'll be power to preach and there'll be power to win souls. God, give us a jailbreak ministry today. Oh, God's Word will out-endure the enemy's attacks. Amen. It's not you that can hold up under pressure. It's the Word of God in you that'll hold up to the pressure. Listen to this wonderful poem attributed to Mr. John Clifford. He wrote about the anvil of God's Word. And listen to what he said. Last eve, I paused beside the blacksmith's door and heard the anvil ring the vesper chime. Then looking in, I saw upon the floor old hammers worn with beating years of time. How many anvils have you had, said I, to wear and batter all these hammers so? Just one, said he. And then with twinkling eye, the anvil wears the hammers out, you know. And so I thought the anvil of God's word for ages skeptic blows have beat upon. Yet though the noise of falling blows was heard, the anvil is unharmed. The hammers are gone. Can I get an amen? And this morning I'm telling you it don't matter what the critics say. It don't matter what the elites say. It don't matter what our educators say. The Bible said they'd be ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That tells me we got a bunch of Bible professors even in our colleges that don't have a lick of biblical sense whatsoever. Amen. They may be educated by men, but they've never been educated by the Holy Ghost. And it's time that we start taking God at His Word and preaching what does say at the Word of the Lord and get some backbone about us and realize the Word of God will stand the test of the critic. Amen. We don't answer to critics here. We answer to Christ. Amen. We answer to the Word of God. And I like to say that the Word of God will enable us to endure by the grace of God. So don't worry about it, church. We're going to go on for Jesus. And whether we live or we, whether we die, the Word of God's going to live on. Amen. I want to be a part of something not temporal, Brother Randall, but I want to be a part of something eternal. I want to be a part of something that will last. I'm tired of our young people coming to church and being given temporal stuff, things that are fluffy but have no substance. Oh, we can entertain them. 
them. Amen. And we can give them something delightful to the eye and fancy to the flesh. Amen. It might even stir their feet to do a little toe tapping. But if they leave without Jesus Christ, then we have failed miserably. God, help us to preach the gospel even if it calls them to repentance, even if we have to call out their sin and say, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We need to have a gospel-focused, Christ-centered, Word of God-promoting ministry if we don't have anything else. Amen. The Word of God will enable us to endure. Number two, I'd like to say this. The Word of God explains the rules of engagement. <laughs> Woo, I like this one. Verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. The first thing you need to know about the rules of engagement is you need to live for the book. Amen. Know who your master is. Know who has called you. Know whose authority you are operating in. We do not answer to men. We answer to the book, the Word of God. Verse 5, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive, what's the next word? Lawfully. Not only do we need to uh, do this for the book, but we need to be in the book. Can I get an amen? If it violates Scripture, it offends a holy God. And God help us at the churches and the deacons and the preachers and the laymen all over America that have the attitude, well, I don't care what the Bible says, we got to do it this way. Let's just stop right there for a minute and, and let's just address that for a minute. You don't care what the Bible says? Okay, then shut your church down and call it the Moose Lodge, but it ain't a church of the living God. Amen. The minute you violate this book is the minute you abandon the truth of this book. And we cannot say that we love the Bible and yet forsake its principles. Amen. God, give us a jailbreak ministry that breaks out of these mentalities. Uh, you got to live for the book. You got to be in the book. Look at verse 6. The husbandman that laboreth uh, must be first partaker of the fruits. Uh, Amen. Uh, in other words, if you're going to enjoy the fruit, you're going to have to put in the labor. Amen. And so you got to do it by the book. For the book, in the book, and by the book. God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply or will never lack God's power and never lack God's favor. Amen. But the very second you abandon the principles of this book uh, to try to draw a crowd, you'll draw a crowd all right, but there'll be twice as twice as much the child of hell as yourself. Amen. Oh, God, help us to preach the book no matter who it draws or who it repels. Can I get an amen? That's exactly right. Amen. We're excited at the uh, prospects of the church continuing to grow, but I got news for you. It might drop before it grows. Amen. I'm not here to run anybody off. I don't have to run nobody off. You preach enough with this word, somebody will get mad and they'll leave and they'll never come back. Amen. Amen. That's exactly right. And I honestly, I care for your soul, but I don't care for church membership if you have that kind of attitude. Amen. Because we must adhere to the Word of God at all costs. 
and the word explains to us these rules of engagement. Notice that if the soldier, if the competitor, if the farmer or anyone else for that matter seeks their reward, then all must obey the rules of engagement spelled out for them in the word of God. So we live for the word. We live in the word. We live by the word if we're going to get the word's results. You say, well, preacher, what does the word, what, what results will that have? Well, let's just see what God says about the results of his word, shall we? We can go to Isaiah 55 and 11, and it says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, uh, not your mouth or somebody else's mouth, but God's mouth. Uh, it shall not return unto me void, you might say empty-handed, but it shall accomplish that which I I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. If you want church growth, you're going to have to study the Bible and figure out how God grows His church. Amen. If you want to see an explosion of evangelism, you're going to have to figure out what the Bible has to say about that. Amen. And too many of us have too many ideas that are far removed from this precious old book. But might I say this morning that the Word of God gets results. Amen. If you don't believe me, you need to look no further than my own personal testimony. I remember when the word of God like a hammer smote my stony heart uh, until at last my heart broke in the presence of God and I uh, called on him for forgiveness and repentance of my sin uh, and he washed me in his blood and he saved me by his grace uh, and he made me a brand new creature. I've seen that same gospel, amen, uh, take others, amen, who were bound in sin, uh, bound in addiction, bound in trouble and the Holy Ghost of God would make them a new creature and all of a sudden guys like Brother Randall Boatner or guys like my father Rayvon Caudle get up from an old fashioned altar after being under conviction of the Holy Ghost uh, and their life is changed and they lose every ounce of hunger or desire for whatever substance they were abusing themselves with prior and I'm telling you the same gospel that deliberated men then is the same gospel that will liberate men today Day, uh, and we gotta quit pretending, amen. Uh, we gotta quit acting like we apologize. We owe the world an apology for warning them of the wrath that's to come, amen. If anything, we should apologize to them for not warning them of the wrath that's to come because the only way some of them are gonna get saved is if we sound the alarm. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And we need to call them out, uh, we need to tell them how to get to Jesus, and we need to realize the only way they're gonna break out of their prison is when we have a jailbreak ministry of the Word of God uh, that pays no attention to what men say we should do uh, and we just declare as it is written to whom it is written. Can somebody say amen right there? I, I got news for you. This Word, uh, I like standing out here a little bit closer to y'all. Amen. That's good. Amen. This Word was written by God to you. That's how personal it is. Amen. I remember when I was dating Amy, we'd do a lot of writing back and forth. Uh, that was back in the day when the internet was still just kind of, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it had, the dial-up sounded like that scratchy noise, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the AOL, I, I ain't gonna, I'm not, I'm not even going to try to imitate that, though I could. <laughs> so I, I preferred writing. Amen, we'd write back and forth. Ain't nothing like 
reading that love letter and then first of all you see that it's addressed to you Woo! this pretty girl from mississippi is addressing a love letter to me i was happy about that <laughs> amen then at the bottom it, she would have little x's and o's or something cute like that <laughs> amen and there was nothing like getting a personal love letter from the one that i was interested in and that, can i tell you something the word of god though you may not know it yet is a personal love letter to you Oh, it's got your name all over it. Whoo! Amen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't you know that was meant for you just as much as it was meant for anybody else? And I remember when God spoke to my heart on that day that I told you about earlier. I, I didn't hear God saying to my neighbor next to me, I'll save you today. I heard God speak to Gary Carlton and said, you're special. I love you. I'll save you if you'll call on my name. Hey, I could shout the roof off the place just over that right there that God was personal to me. Amen. And I'm glad that the Word of God will come to you as a person, as an individual. And you need to know that the Word of God is written for us today. It's not some antiquated, outdated book of yesteryear written to another day and time that's not applicable to us the devil is a liar amen the Bible says that everything in this book was given for our example and the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrows and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart that means God will read your personal mail amen, amen. ever been in church and you thought well who told that preacher about me amen that ain't the preacher. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Word of God making it personal. Amen. And we got to get back to preaching the Word of God as written to whom it is written. And when we do that, uh, we understand then that the Word of God explains that these are the rules of engagement. Can I get an amen? All right, I must hurry. Let's go to the last point. Number three, I want to say this. The Word of God ensures explosive growth <laughs> mm, amen amen second timothy 2 7 consider what i say and the lord give thee understanding in all things remember that jesus christ of the seed of david was raised from the dead according to my gospel Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Look at verse 8 again. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead. Know this, Satan is not so much after you, he's after the seed of God in you. Amen. It wasn't just that... Satan wanted to destroy the body of Christ. He was trying to shut down the spirit of Christ. But even though they put Jesus in the grave, three days later he got back up again and said, Here I am. <laughs> 
You can't defeat the very living, breathing, walking, eternal Word of God. Can I get an amen? You cannot defeat it. It ensures explosive growth. The devil thought he capped it, but what he ended up doing was, was exploding it. Amen. Amen. The Bible said that he made a, a spoil of principalities and powers while on the cross. You see, because he made the de- he allowed the devil to think that he was putting the last nail in Jesus' coffin, not realizing that it would be the very tool and instrument of the resurrection that would cause the gospel to explode worldwide. And Satan himself became the greatest instrument by which to promote the gospel of any creature in in human or angelic history, if you think about it, because uh, God used him and played him like a puppet. And I can tell you right now, you can try to shut down the Word of God, but the moment you try to shut down the Word of God is the minute that it explodes on you. You can't, amen. In fact, God might even dare you to try to shut him down, and he'll just make a show of you, amen, and you cannot shut down the eternal Word of God. Mm, I'm glad that you can't shut it down, aren't you? It, it will explode. I thought about uh, God set up a decoy, <laughs> mm. and the devil was trying to uh, deactivate the bomb of the gospel. And he clipped all the wires he thought would shut it down until they put the last spike in his lovely hand and put the last stripe on his lovely body until he breathed his very last breath. But before he did, said, before he, did he said, it is finished. And as Satan laughed uh, while Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross, uh, Satan thought he had, uh, he had uh, deadened that threat. But little did he know it was a ticking time bomb. Amen. Uh, uh, When the countdown began, three, two, one, and on resurrection morning, Satan, it was over for him, buddy. And now he's just trying to do damage control. Can I get an amen? Uh, He's just trying to do damage control, uh, and he's just trying to keep people from hearing about this gospel message. Uh, But I can tell you that the gospel itself is indescribable and it's unstoppable Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 23 he answered them saying the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified uh, referencing the cross uh, and the upcoming resurrection but watch what he said verily verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit. Amen. Uh, Listen to me. Don't make the mistake. uh, Don't make the mistake of what Peter was trying to do while he is in the garden. Can I preach just a minute? Uh, While Jesus was in the garden and they came to arrest our lovely Savior, uh, Peter pulled out his sword uh, uh, and I believe, Brother Randall, he was aiming for his head, but he ducked and he got his ear. Amen. What was Peter doing that day? He was in a self-preservation mode. He didn't want to die, and he didn't want Jesus to die. And he thought that by preserving them, he could save them. And Jesus rebuked Peter and said, put up thy sword. Because Peter was trying to preserve who Jesus knew needed to die. And Peter was trying to kill who Jesus was trying to save. And so many times... uh, 
by self-preservation, we think we can uh, straddle the world and straddle the church. I mean, we straddle the fence with foot, one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Amen. And, and we try to preserve our own way while at the same time playing church. Uh, and it don't work that way because as long as you, as long as self is alive, the gospel cannot go forward. Because you will always put yourself first. As long as self-will is alive, it prefers the preeminence. It preserves the it, prefer, it prefers, yea, it insists on the dominant seat in the throne of your heart. But we must realize that you're not going to really experience explosive growth in your personal walk with God. And this church is not going to experience explosive growth in getting the gospel out unless we are willing to die to ourself, willing to die to man-made traditions, willing to die to mental blocks that thwart the gospel efforts, amen, willing to die to our emotional man and how things make us feel. Feel, amen. Uh, God ain't interested in giving you a feel good, amen. He's interested in giving you truth. Uh, and sometimes truth is kind of like an extraction. It'll hurt at first, but it'll feel, feel good after a while, amen. Woo, I'm telling you right now, the gospel message is to go forth, uh, and there is no way that you're going to stop it. Amen. The death of the temporal releases the explosive, expansive, multiplying life of eternity, of the eternal. And the minute you decide you're going to die to self is the minute God can start getting glory in your life. But the minute you quit making excuses and telling God all your plans and why you can't do this and why you can't do that. Listen, the Bible said that uh, the kingdom of God uh, is, uh, uh, the Bible says that he that putteth his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit or equipped for the kingdom. And the reason many of you can't serve God effectively is because you keep getting distracted by personal will and personal agendas and personal preferences uh, and you get hung up on all this stuff but God sent me with a jailbreak ministry to tell you that you need to be freed up from all that junk by being willing to die to yourself and your personal preferences and allowing the word of God have free course in your life Satan will attempt to crush you thinking that he will also crush the seed in you but the seed is eternal Listen, <laughs> mm. let me tell you about William Tyndale quickly. William Tyndale was uh, instrumental in translating the Bible into the English language. And uh, if you have an English Bible in your hands this morning, much of your thanks is owed to the instrument of William Tyndale in the hands of God for making that a possibility. William Tyndale was condemned as a heretic in 1536 when he was brought to the stake to die for his unwillingness to bend to the religious beliefs of that day which were often found in direct contradiction to the Word of God. For example, he was once in discussion with a cleric who said, We had better be without God's law than the Pope's. Shocked by this, Tyndale replied, I defy the Pope and all his laws. If God spare my life ere many years, I will cause a boy that driveth the plow shall know more of the Scripture than thou doest. Oh, glory to God, I love the passion, don't you? 
And on the day of his execution, just before he was uh, slain, just before he was killed or executed, and his body burned, before he was strangled rather, and his body burned, his last words uttered with a loud voice were, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. One year later, in 1537, King Henry VIII gave his license to works of Bible translations into the English language, which by his former proclamations he had condemned. And I want to, uh, uh, with that testimony in mind, I want you to think about 1 Peter 1, 23, where it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth, Forever, He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And he has preserved his word for every generation. And when everybody said their peace, they'll be found a liar, and he'll still be found truth. Can I get an amen? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You realize that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Amen. Do you realize that all these other religions that teach other ways to heaven uh, are being deceived and lied to and they'll be found in a place called hell one day because they believed Oprah Winfrey over the word of God can I get an amen uh, but it's time for us who are saved by the grace of God to quit apologizing for what's the best thing going amen uh, I have nothing to apologize for I have the inerrant all powerful life changing eternal word of God uh, and I do not owe anybody any apologies for declaring what God has already said. Can I get an amen? The Word of God ensures explosive growth for all who walk in faith and obedience to its commands. I want to close with this verse. Therefore I endure all things. Verse number 10. <laughs> Think of it now. Paul in prison. He said, I'm here, but the Word of God's not. It's out there somewhere. <laughs> it ain't bound up like I am. Ain't that good? <laughs> oh, can I just can I say this? No matter what Satan has tried to do to stop me over the years and try to discourage me over the years and try to keep me bound down and tied down to external circumstances, internal uh, uh, internal uh, struggles or whatever the situation no, no matter what the circumstances was when I walked in obedience to God's word and declared what God said the word of God always found a way to defeat the opposition mark my words no mark God's words you will not stop God's break, jailbreak ministry from breaking out of your little boxes amen God's word has a way of defeating every foe. And a lot of times he does it when you least expect it in ways you never dreamt possible. But God knows how. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be standing in the way of that stone that's coming down out of the mountain. That, that, that chief cornerstone. Amen. I, I don't want it to grind me to powder. Amen. I, I want to stand out of his way and let him do his thing in my life. Amen. And I would caution you as a church member and as a believer in Christ to never stand in the way of what God's word declares should be so. Therefore, I endure all things. He's saying, I, I even endure being bound. Here's why. For the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation 
which is by, in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He said, my prison serves their freedom. <laughs> and one day we may be the talk of the town if we're not already. Our prison will serve as others' freedom if we're willing to endure the naysayers, if we're willing to be called peculiar or different or strange. I don't know what they call me. I don't care. I hope you never tell me if you're here. Amen, because I don't have time for all those distractions. It ain't going to change my mind one bit. Amen, I know better. If I'm confident in what God's told me to preach and I'm confident that I know what it's saying, then I'm going to preach it whether we like it or not. Amen. Even if I'm uncomfortable preaching, i got to say it. Amen. And we got to get to the point to where we have jailbreak ministry. Amen. That, that this word's going to go forth regardless of the consequences. Amen. And he's saying that I, my imprisonment will serve their freedom, essentially. And I want to close momentarily with this, this, the opening statement that I gave you. But before I do, I want, you, I want to remind you of what Isaiah 61 said. When the Bible said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Jesus became bound so that we might be free. No man took his life, he, willing gave, he willingly laid it down, and he gave it. <laughs> and so I want to say again that no matter your external surroundings, no matter your internal struggles, and no matter your personal sacrifices that you may face for spreading the gospel and being a part of this church, the Word of God is not nor ever shall be bound because men and even angels cannot shut it down no matter what they try to do. You may have all hell come up against you, but they done tried that and lost when they tried to defeat Jesus. What is the prevailing power of it all? It's the Word of God. The Word of God. You cannot defeat it. You might as well cooperate with it. You might as well. And for those of you that have never been saved by God's grace, He's after you. He's after you. Amen. You might could walk out this building and try to forget it, but when you lay your head down tonight on your pillow, the Holy Ghost is going to bring that service back up into your mind, and you will not be able to shake it till you finally at last make your decision for Christ. Surrender to Him. Amen. You may owe somebody an apology in this church for, uh, for something you did or said way back when, and, and it's hindering revival in the church. And maybe you have an old archaic way of thinking about things and a traditional mindset that's hindering the progress of what God's doing in this church. Uh, this kind of preaching is the kind of that ought to be able to burn out the dross in all of us uh, and cause us to see what's important and cause us to see what's not important to bring clarity to the furtherance of the gospel to enable us to, uh, to, to release, to move anything out of the way that would hinder God's work from going on. Can I get an amen? And you may lay down your head on your pillow tonight and the Holy Ghost may say, hey, you need to make that phone call and you need to make things right with your brother or your sister. Amen. This church has huge potential. But I don't want this church to be like some 45-year-old who never grew up and they're still telling them, well, he's got potential. 
Amen. At some point, potential needs to be turned into results. And the Bible says that we are to behold the word of God. We're like a man looking into a mirror. And there's some that look at the mirror of God's word and they straightway forget what they saw. In other words, I think it was deliberate, Brother Randall. And, and, and I get it. I don't like looking in the mirror every day myself. Amen. I'm not the prettiest face on the planet. I'll be willing to admit that. Mm -hmm. You want to preach about 10 minutes? <laughs> Amen. But the Bible tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. At the end of the day, it's not, it's not just what you hear, it's what you do with what you hear. And some of you are right on the verge of giving your life to Jesus, but you're still resisting the pricks, the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're like that one that said tomorrow, preacher, next week, preacher, next year, preacher. And you don't even know what a day brings forth. You don't even know if you're guaranteed tomorrow. If I were you, I'd quit gambling with my soul, playing Russian roulette with my soul, and I'd surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ right now. And if you have an old stubborn, hard-headed attitude that's causing friction in the body of Christ, you need to repent of that too. Can I get an amen? Because we all will give an account, and whether we face the Word of God and come into agreement with it today or on Judgment Day, we will come into agreement with it. It's our decision as to whether we do it now and enjoy the benefits of a prison break ministry or if we wait until it's too late. But either way, God wants to break out of your prison with his word. And I want you to let God do what he wants to do in your heart today. Everybody standing to your feet. If you need to come to the altar and get close to God after he, the preaching of God's word, Maybe God has revealed to you that you've been living in a prison. And the word of God has come to break you out. Either you have hindered God working in your heart as a believer or as a church member, or you have hindered God from saving your wretched soul and giving you eternal life, putting you in his family. And either way, would you come let the Spirit of God do His work. Some have already come. There needs to be more. I'm sure of it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would do your work. There are some that are found in a prison today that the Word of God has come to set them free from. I pray that right now that you, the power of your Word will deliver them out of that bondage. Deliver them out of that rebellion. Deliver them out of that situation. Somebody might need to be saved today, Lord. I pray that right now you draw them to come forward and give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Oh, God, don't let them go to hell. I pray for revival for our church. Lord, that you would help us to continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, to seek not our own will, but the will of the Master. To not stand in the way, 
but to stand at attention and reverence the Word of God and give you your rightful place in our hearts and lives and ministry. May Jesus Christ be glorified. May the Word of God not be bound. May we not be guilty of hiding it, changing it, or ignoring it, or arguing with it, but simply surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. Move mightily, O Holy Ghost, in this place. Help us to see and grasp the importance of this word for this hour in which we live. Somebody's got to stand up. Somebody's got to declare it. Somebody's got to be willing to preach it at all costs. And Lord, I'm not pretending like I'm super spiritual and able to endure all things like Paul said. But Lord, I am asking you for the power to be able to do so. And I'm saying that I'm willing if you'll help me. But Lord, help us never to back down to what you've called us to do. And help us to not be embarrassed or ashamed. I pray for a revival amongst our families and our young people that you'll set them on fire for Jesus. God, that, that many of them would surrender to ministry, uh, that, that they would sur surrender to the call of God for the work of God, that it would go on. And God, that you would send a heaven-sent revival that will change the landscape of not only this church, but this community and abroad. Do what only you can do in our hearts and lives. And may Christ Jesus himself have the preeminence, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen.